celebrating the connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. And the whole dream team is here for your questions. The number's toll-free, 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to Dr. Debbie right now or Joey Villani, the dog father. And by the way, you can ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, and BlackBerry. But we'd love to hear your voice, your cheery little voice. So give us a call now, and we'll head to those phones in just a couple of seconds. First, we're going to find out what's coming up at the bottom of the hour with our news check. Well, there's uh, human flu, right? There's uh, dog flu. There's bird flu, all kinds of things. But human flu and dog food, (laughs) not food. (laughs) Human flu and dog flu. (laughs) I almost said it again. Okay. Uh, Can you give your dog the flu? Because it's raging right now, right? Can your dog give you the flu? Oh, okay. Uh, there's some similarities and there's differences too. I don't know about where you live, but the flu is running rampant here in Central California. Uh, Dr. Debbie, have you seen human flu? Have you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd have to say up close and personal, we've had uh, most of the staff at my office in the last month has fallen ill. Um, so, yeah, we've had a lot of flu running through us. What about dog flu? Have you seen any dog flu there? We have not actually diagnosed um, a definitive case of dog flu, but there are several or actually say many states across the country that um, it's highly contagious. Um, and, um, you know, I actually just heard um, another story of a, a person who was, had show dogs, you know, well cared for top of the line medical care and um they were you know the whole household got it um from attending a place where other dogs were and um you know it was devastating it can be serious um but it definitely is is rough to watch your best friend go through um you know preventable illness so um you know definitely different diseases but you know there is a preventative uh, vaccine out there to, to definitely ask your veterinarian about okay and we'll find out more about that at the bottom of the hour with Lori brooks but first your calls right now toll free one 405 8405 let's uh how about we talk to Josh? You want to talk to Josh? Hey, Josh, how are you doing? Good, and you? Splendid. Where are you calling from today? Uh, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Is that home? Yeah. Okay. What's that? I just asked if that was home. <laughs> I'm being nosy. Well, what's going on, Josh? This is Dr. Debbie here. I, I have a, uh, she's about six months Shih Tzu that we've gotten. We've had in the family for six months now. And um, she has a constant battle of fleas. We have tried everything from collars to dips to uh, drops to shampoos to bombing the house out with, um, you know, to get rid of the, all the insects and stuff. And we cannot get rid of them. And we feel so bad for her. I mean, it gets mm-hmm. to the point where they end up on my daughter some, a lot of times, or well, my wife even. Icky. I know. Fleas, fleas are nasty things. And I, I'd have to tell you, this this among many years, we've had some really bad flea seasons across the country. So the thing you have to realize is fleas exist outdoors. You are not going to kill all the fleas in the world. The, the goal and the challenge that you have is to try to control them on your dog and in your home. So as long as your doggy is going outside, we have the risk of being reinfested with fleas. So you got to recognize that because a lot of people get very frustrated with flea control and obviously we want them out of our house and off of the pets and ourselves but this is a cycle that is always going to be at risk if you're in a heavy flea area so um, for me that's the the first thing and the, the next steps that we really have to look at is that 
flea control isn't a one-time thing. Um, it can take repeated treatment for the flea life cycle to really be extinguished. So um, you just keep in mind, uh, when we talk about fleas and their life cycle, um, 5% of the whole flea life cycle accounts for the adults that are actually on the pet. So there's 95% of fleas that are in the eggs, the pupa, and the larva stages elsewhere in your home that have not hatched. So you may be treating your pet, but in order to kill off those immature stages, it's going to take more work. And that's the biggest thing is to really stay faithful. So I always say we got to go for at least three months continuously before we can expect those all those different generations of the flea life cycle to be squashed. And if your pet is going back outside, we're getting reinfested. So you're getting new generations that are going to be coming on, new adults that are going to be popping onto the pet. So that is just the facts of life when it comes to fleas. So, um, you know, without... Better than other ones? You know, it, it, there's a lot of question about that. And I'll tell you, what I recommend is really using different products that hit different cycles of the flea life cycle. So if you're just using a flea collar, eh, you know, most of those really aren't very effective in treating a pet um, globally for this flea problem. So I like to use a combination of an oral product and kind of like a spot-on product. And what many of the oral products do is they're quick kills. So those you generally give once a month. Sometimes we'll do those more frequently, even as often as a couple times a week, um, daily in really bad cases. Those kill off the adults very effectively, and many of them um, shortly after the pill, those suckers will be hopping off. And then we follow up with a product that has something that's going to affect the different generations of the fleas. So with those, um, you know, just throwing out some different names out there, for instance, Frontline Plus has a component that treats those immature forms. So you want to kind of work with your veterinarian and make sure you're getting the right stuff and that we're using it frequently enough. Um, there is some also talk out there that there could be resistance that fleas are developing to a lot of our common uh, pest control products or flea control products. Um, some different strategies we find is that if we use different products and we kind of switch it up up, you know, kind of helps to not stick with one product and, and hopefully those fleas don't get resistant to our efforts with those medications. So I don't have a single product that I would really tell you, but, um, you know, some of the different oral ones, uh, Capstar is one, um, and then, you know, Advantage or Advantix 2 is another that has an insect growth regulator that gets kind of more generations of fleas. So that is kind of the scoop. Now, do you have cats, um, other pets in the home? I have one um, cat. She's uh, 10 years old. She stays in the house. Okay. So, and then we also have to make sure we are treating her for fleas at the Absolutely same time. Absolutely, we you... do. It's a, it's a battle Great. trying to get her and trying to clean her up, but <laughs> she does yeah. not like the water. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, that's where, you know, baths and dips, you know, you can do that. But in a lot of cases, um, you know, I, I'm a fan of some of the spot-on products that have a sustained effect that lasts for about a month. Um, you may find less scratches uh, giving your cat a, or giving that than giving your cat a bath. Um, but okay. always with kitties. And I like to just kind of get that out there for listeners. Cats are very sensitive to um, a lot of the dog um, flea control products. So you don't want to mix and match. You always want to use the full amount of the product on your pet, whether it's a dog or cat. Don't split doses to try to save money between your pets. Um, and okay. make sure you're, you're battling it on a regular basis. Um, so if you haven't talked to your vet, I would pick up that phone call and see if you need to get an, one of the oral flea medications to help uh, facilitate your, your battle with the flea. Okay. I appreciate it very much. Thanks for your call, Josh. 1-866-405-8405 to reach out to Dr. Debbie 
And this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by VetraScience. Give your pets the extra support they need. From Glycoflex joint support to composure for pet stress, VetraScience has the supplement for all of your pet's needs. Thanks, VetraScience, for underwriting Animal Radio. Hey, Carl. Yeah. Yeah. How can we help you, Carl? Well, yeah, I was just wondering something about my dachshund. I have a dachshund. She's about 12 to 14. She's a miniature, not a full size, you know. Mm-hmm. And about a month ago or so, her one eye went turned white. And she's drinking a lot of water lately and urinating a lot. I mean, really a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is she having any urine accidents? Yeah. yeah. Okay. At night or during the day, or does it matter? It doesn't matter. And it's, you, she used to say, I have the dogs are in the basement at night, and they mm-hmm. put papers down. They used to always make it to the papers, you know, if they had to do anything and something happened overnight, you know. And she's been just stepping out of her bed in the back room and sometimes doing it. Oh, goodness. Okay. Well, a couple things you mentioned there, Carl, that really get me a bit concerned here. She's an older gal, so we keep our eyes open for some of these older pet problems. When, when you're describing the white change in the eye, that does make us concerned about cataracts, um, among other things. But cataracts can be associated with old age in dogs, but also can be associated with diabetes. So when you say that she's drinking a lot, peeing a lot, and having urine accidents, diabetes definitely comes up on my radar first and foremost. Yep. And, uh, among other things unrelated to the to the changes in the eye, things in an older pet that will cause them to drink a lot and to urinate a lot can involve the liver, can involve the kidneys. Sometimes diseases uh, such as Cushing's disease can cause changes like that as well. But I would say this would really warrant you getting this baby um, over to the veterinarian and getting some basic lab work pulled on her. Um, and, and that, I think, would be a great starting point where we yeah, could kind of Something else you start doing is a little bit of throwing up with a lot of clear liquid. Oh, that's never good. No, that's no, not good. So yeah, no and pain I think or nothing, you know, no pain or no yipping or nothing. Yeah, and you know what's really it's important for every pet owner to recognize is for disease process to get so advanced, that's when we're going to hear a pet cry. So we could miss really a lot of health problems if we're waiting for the pet to verbalize that and whine like us humans because they just know far sturdier than we are. So um, definitely, I'd say follow those cues that she's telling you and changes in, in those potty habits, changes in her eating, vomiting, all of those things take very seriously. And I'd, I'd get her into the vet and let's get some laps pulled on this kid. I wanted to get her in sooner than this, but I'm retired. I'm seven. 71 and money's kind of tight running to the vets all the time you know yeah absolutely and i mean times are what they are for everyone but there's some basic things that can be done and you know there's a a ton of things that i can think of that i would screen for but you know there's always kind of a process of you know we'll start with step one and what's going to be that test and and step two beyond that and we may be able to get a feel for what we need to do without necessarily getting to thousands of dollars so you know don't be afraid of you know talking to your veterinarian about those options and what might be the best thing for her they can't use uh human uh diabetes test strips on them can they uh, well, potentially, yes, but uh, it really depends. There's some differences between dog blood cells and human yeah. blood cells, so we would prefer to make that diagnosis in the veterinary office. So yeah, I'd know. say pack her up in the car, Carl, and let's get her in and see your veterinarian. So my best wishes for her. I hope that everything turns out okay there. 
1-866-405-8405. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Vetra Science. And just like their owners are pets, they get older, their joints stiffen up, jumping for joy becomes difficult. Well, Glycoflex hip and joint supplements from Vetra Science help to support joint health in your pet. And we thank you, Vetra Science, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. All dogs should eat a pH-balanced alkaline diet. An alkaline diet reduces health risks and can also reduce scratching, shedding, and hot spots. So does this mean you need to check your dog's pH balance? No, because canine caviar has created the first and only alkaline dog food that is pH-balanced. It also has the highest metabolized calories. What does this mean? Your dog needs to eat less. Get a healthier dog and save money with Canine Caviar products. Find them at your local pet supply store or online at caninecaviar.com. Hi, this is Joy Behar on Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your pets. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It is Animal Radio. Celebrating the connection with our pets and answering your questions about Swiffer because that's a, apparently a big deal online. Uh, you ladies, you surf all the time online, right? Yes, and I see that. I, you know, that's been up so many so times. So, what is it basically that Swiffer is not good to use on the floors because if it gets it's on your pets? False. It's it's, it's so false. True. That's been like, didn't we go over this like, I want to say five, seven years ago? I feel like yeah. we've talked about it this. Does, it does seem like we've been there before. And then it keeps yeah. coming back up into the news. Yeah, so you're going to be, yeah. you're actually going to be talking about it a little later on, Lori. Is that correct? Yes. Because I'm seeing it all the time again, and, and it's like, no, 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 it's it's fake news. Fake news. So we'll have your fake, fake news report coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, what else do you have coming up in the news today? Um, well, we're getting closer to talking pets, thanks to artificial intelligence. Ta- mm-hmm. Talking pets. Uh-huh. <laughs> Feed me now, damn it. <laughs> well, you're pretty close. Pet yeah. me here, right here, not there. A little more to the left, please. So this is something that I thought was way off in the future, but you're going to be reporting the fact that it may actually be closer than we think. Yes. Okay. Yeah, much closer. Scary stuff. Awesome, I think. Well, I'll tell you, between the, the whole uh, automated cars and the self-driving cars yeah. and the, the iPads, I and the Dick, look at the, the watch that Judy has on is like Dick Tracy's watch. You I actually know. talk into that watch it's occasionally. It's like a phone, too. It's, I can't believe the technology, and now our animals talking to us. And the things I do in front of my, my cat that I wouldn't <laughs> want anybody to know about. Yeah, those days will be changing. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you need to re-examine what you're doing. Yeah. That should be the underlying thing here. <laughs> okay, well, that's on the way in just a few minutes. You know who's on the show today? You'll love this, Dr. Debbie. What? Vlade, the Russian dog with oh, the world famous. Pal. Yes. He's going to be back on today to, as a guest. Not as a Oh, host. I can't wait. You know, I have to say that Vladi is the reason I ended up with Nikki. Really? really? Yes. And five why? years ago, I consulted with him because I was wavering between breeds and I wanted a protective dog after, you know, having labs. And um, I had a couple in mind and I you know, <laughs> asked him what he thought. He said, uh, Dr. Debbie, you are coming from a Democrat. You do not want to go to a socialist. <laughs> so I wanted a dog and I thought it was going to be a, a good breed for me. And he just told me it was going to be a little bit too aggressive tendency that I, I wasn't going to be accustomed to and my life would not be used to. So I thank him immensely for giving me good guidance back then. Well, you'll get, you'll get a chance to thank him in person today right here on Animal Radio. 
and uh, I'm very excited, a little bit nervous about it, frankly. We <laughs> He's a, always kind of wacky. <laughs> he, he, if uh, if you're a longtime listener, you know who we're talking about, Vladi, the world-famous Russian dog wizard. If you're a new listener... Prepare yourself. Yes, brace yourself. <laughs> you will either love him, you'll hate him, you'll love to hate him, or you'll love to you'll hate to love him. I don't know. One of those words there. Uh, but he's on the show in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. First, your calls. one 405 8405 Hey, Lisa. Hello. How are you doing? Oh, real good. How are you doing today? Good. I have Dr. Debbie right here. What's going on with your animal? Well, uh, we have a male cat. Um, he was born last October. And... Um, we're not sure why he's doing what he's doing. What he's doing is he'll get up on the bed and he'll start meowing at the wall. Now, the thing is, it's not like it's an outdoor wall. You know, it's adjacent between two bedrooms. And it's in an RV. And our first thought is maybe a squirrel got in or a bird or something. But um, it's, there's nothing there. There's no evidence of droppings or a nest or you know, little critters or anything like that. Um, it's a blank wall. And he just hops up on it and on the bed, and, and he just starts yelling at it. And we try to figure out if it was a certain time of day or after he's eaten, before he's eaten, whatever, and we can't figure out any rhyme or reason to it. Just wondering if uh-huh. you had any ideas. Oh, no, he's not happening to be a Siamese cat, is he? <laughs> no, he's a okay. cat. Okay, just because Siamese are kind of wacky and crazy, and they do some oh, bizarre things. <laughs> no, but, you know, there's this weird phenomenon that cats um, do this. You know, they can stare at things and um, kind of look almost like, you know, there's someone behind us, like over our shoulder, whether it's staring at walls or what have you. Um, you know, I have to say the honest truth is we don't really know exactly what they're doing, but in many cases we kind of attribute their extreme uh, sense of hearing and their you know improved uh, vision type changes or vision um, that they can see things and hear things better than we can. Um, so in some situations it could be uh, electrical uh, sounds in the wall or water through pipes. Um, you know, um, I'd have to say in an R or an RV in a trailer situation this might be a little bit harder because we might not have as much of that kind of things going on in the wall there um the other thought would be that you know the kitty is talking to someone in some other dimension that we're just not uh in touch with okay i wish we could have helped you it was free well, though it was toll free it didn't cost you a penny did you <laughs> <laughs> what do you want for nothing <laughs> thank a, you anyway thanks have a great day one 405 8405 you're listening to animal radio Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Alan Cable with today's goose story. Lucy, you got some flaming goose. That's Bob. He's got some geese that are named after sitcom characters, and they just want to stay together. I always loved I Love Lucy. Bob's afraid he might have to get rid of the geese. And said, you have 10 days to get rid of it. He lives in the town of Beloit, and there's an ordinance that prohibits his geese. It was a shock. Bob's also disabled, so he's medically allowed to have the geese. As therapy pets. I have to get up and let them out every day. Bob started a Change.org petition that already has a 1,000 signatures from all over the world. One of the first long-distance one was Alaska, and I was excited about that. Then it started coming in Australia, Germany, Japan, <laughs> just everywhere. Bob has to pay 200 bucks out of his own pocket to make a variance request, and there's no guarantee he'll get to keep his geese. Once something gets in your heart and it's there, it's embedded in you, and they're embedded in me, and I'm embedded in them. This is Animal Radio, baby.
Nature at its best is nature at its simplest. At Red Barn, we've kept it simple for 20 years by concentrating on single-ingredient natural dog treats. Because Mother Nature's actually pretty good at this. Bones are just tasty bones. Meat treats are just nourishing meat. It's nature at its simplest. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Natural Treats. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our slow-roasted natural meaty bones. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. Hey, what if your pet dog or cat could talk? You would then know how much they love you, of course, right? (laughs) But the good news, well, you might know some other things, like Tater would say, I need another bone right now. He's making a lot of noise with that bone. Sorry about that. I say chew away. (laughs) I just, as long as he's not chewing the cat. I just wanted to know if he was going to share. The the really good news here is that there have been some great new advances in artificial intelligence, which suggests the dream of being able to talk with animals really could happen and not in the way far off distant future. Could be sooner than that. With the help of AI, scientists are learning how to translate animals' vocalizations and their facial expressions into something that we can understand understand. Some recent advances include an AI system that decodes marmoset monkey calls, another one that reads the faces of sheep to, you know, find out if they're in pain or not just by the faces they make. Other researchers are working with prairie dogs in their special language and some very highly specific calls that they make. In fact, the author of the book, Chasing Dr. Doolittle, Learning the Language of Animals, has studied prairie dogs for more than 30 years and he says they make these high-pitched calls to alert the group to the presence of a predator and those calls can vary to the type and size of the predator but listen to this prairie dogs can also combine their calls in different ways to indicate the color of a nearby human's clothing so they would know exactly who to look for Anyhow, the author's ultimate goal is to create a device that can be pointed at a pet to translate its barks or meows into English words, such as, I would like to eat now, or maybe I want to go for a walk. But this device, if you think about it, would be really more than just amusement for those who can afford it. It could eliminate the guesswork in caring for animals, and even save their lives. In the U.S. alone, an estimated 3 million unwanted cats and dogs are euthanized every year. So in many cases, because of their poorly understood behavioral problems, with some new insight, we can learn what's behind, say, the aggressive behavior in some dogs. And if we have the technology to understand it, we might be able to find a way to spare its life. Mm. And that's a good way to use it, but I wouldn't want it. Uh, I'd be divorced in a second. <laughs> it would. Th- this animal would tell my wife exactly what I've been saying. That- never get a parrot, Hal. Never. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sure you all know that this year's flu season is just raging in every state. But pet parents also need to be aware of dog flu, canine influenza more commonly known as the dog flu. And its symptoms are pretty similar to what we humans get, but it's not the same virus. For humans, the virus is spread during, you know, flu season. But flu is a year-round concern for dogs. Though the illnesses are different, you cannot give your dog the flu, and you cannot get the flu from your dog, but they say dog flu signs and symptoms are kind of similar. 
like sneezing, coughing, goopy eye discharge, runny nose, fatigue. Oh, I hope you weren't eating when I said that. (laughs) Anyhow, uh, those dogs that are out in public places that often go to dog parks or groomers should get the canine flu shot because, like the human flu, be aware, dog flu is highly contagious. Something else besides the flu is spreading these days. You'd never guess in a million years what this is. But wildlife biologists are tracking the advancement of nine-banded armadillos in Illinois from the southern United States. They're headed north. These leathery little creatures are native to Central and South America and the way southern U.S. Armadillos are are brown or yellowish-white. They're about the size of um, a large cat, a big cat, uh, 24 to 33 inches long. And granted, they are odd-looking with their armor-like bony plates that they use for protection. But armadillos mostly eat insects. And for some reason, they love to dig. I have a friend in Texas who is always chasing them out of her garden. Armadillos apparently love to dig like groundhogs. They dig a lot. But a weird thing about armadillos, they carry the bacteria that causes leprosy. You're going, ugh! I learned in Bible school that's horrible. No, fear not. Today, friends, leprosy is highly treatable and very rare. In fact, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, they say it is unlikely that people who come into contact with armadillos will get leprosy. That's because now over 95% of humans are immune to leprosy, which is actually called, I think, Hansen's disease or something. And uh, leprosy, by the way, is not spread through casual contact. So it would be pretty hard to get it. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. This healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. Always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. You can learn more over at RedBarnInc.com. And thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. And let's go to Carmen. Hey, Carmen, how are you doing? Oh, just fine, just fine. Where are you calling from today? I'm calling from Bowen Pork. Bowen Pork? Baldwin. Oh, Baldwin Park. Baldwin Park, California. Okay. Yeah. So so what's going on? How can we help you? I've got the doctor here and Joey Volani. The thing is, is that I wanted to know, okay, my son, he experienced a stroke. He's in the hospital. Would that affect his dog? Because uh, his dog, his name is Data, and he's doing some weird stuff now. What's he's he doing? Never, he's never pooped in the house. Okay. And now that he, my son's in the hospital, that's what he's doing. Mm, he's got a okay. backyard outside, and it seems like every time we let him in, he wants to do his mess in the house. And I don't know, and my daughter doesn't know how to react towards that. We don't know if we have to spank him, scold him, put his nose in it. Okay. Just, now, is he, is he eating and doing his normal things in other ways? Uh, yeah. Yes, he is. Okay. And is this poop normal? That's the other important thing. Is it normal or is it diarrhea? Uh, it's both. He's got his okay. good days and his bad days. 
Okay. Because that's always the first thing, is if we have a dog that has abnormal poop that is making a mess in the house, you know, we have to really look at the possibility that there's something medically going on there. Um, mm-hmm. So that would be an important thing. So, But let's just say for argument's sake that his poop is completely normal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it is possible that because, you know, especially if your, your son and his dog were particularly quite close, that his absence is leaving him with some anxiety. And that can present in a lot of different ways. I have uh, clients who have extended hospital stays where their dog won't eat um, and a family member struggles to get them to try to eat food or that the pet is depressed and um, really doesn't move around the house much and just pretty much sleeps all day. So we definitely can see whether it's, you know, a short term, short term depression or in the event where say, you know, someone dies in the household that they can go through mourning. So a lot of those psychological things can definitely happen with animals. It's just kind of the individual and how it expresses itself. So with something like the the, the pooping in the house, I, again, I'd say the first thing is to make sure, get the dog evaluated by a vet, take a poop sample, and make sure there's not some health problem there. Okay. Um, the next things from there I would do is I, I would definitely make sure we keep his diet consistent, um, that we're not changing it up since your son's in absence. Um, and that's an important thing because changing the food can also cause some, you know, GI irregularities. Um, okay. But, but, but really, even I would make sure we accompany him to go outside, um, almost like he's an infant a puppy. <laughs> we want to you know, go out with him and provide that positive reinforcement when he does do the bathroom in the right spot. So he gets some sense of, okay, yay, I'm doing something right. Because um, he doesn't understand the situation, and he, he may be feeling like he's getting punished. So in answer to your question, the worst thing you can do is discipline him for booping in the house. That's only going to make things worse. So I would just ask you not to do that but to look for those opportunities to praise him for when he's doing it in the right spot. And it's going to take extra work on your part to make sure he's um, supervised and uh, just kind of uh, keeping an eyeball on him. And the other things I recommend for dogs that are either mourning or depressed due to changes in their household roles and situation is to kind of stick to what they know and keep that routine as close to what your your son was doing when he was home. You know, make sure he goes out for his walks. He gets his normal playtime, um, you know, that he does those things and that we provide for him as close as we can because if he's normally used to say going to the dog park or going to friends or going for walks if he's not doing that yeah, i get depressed too if i don't get to go to my you know regular social dinner out with my gal pals um so those are important things for keeping that routine and then you know there's other things we can try there's some uh, things like the pheromones, the dog scent hormones that can have a nice calming effect when they're under stressful situations. And those are in collars and diffusers. And there's even, a, I carry a product at my office now called Soliquin, which is a kind of a natural supplement that helps pets with all sorts of anxiety situations. So sometimes travel, sometimes noise or firework phobias. But it, it's something that might even help him kind of during a time when he's feeling a little anxious and a little bit upside down in where his world is right now. And, you know, depending on, you know, what your son's health situation, if there becomes an opportunity for a visitation, that can help both parties tremendously. And most human physicians recognize the power of animals in our lives to help us heal ourselves. We can't tell you why canine caviar is the only alkaline-based dog food, but we can tell you alkaline is proven to minimize the risk of renal failure and pancreatitis, reduce scratching, cellular degeneration, and disease, keeping your furry friend youthful and healthy longer. And those are the reasons we can fit into this short commercial. 
But by visiting caninecaviar.com, you'll see exactly what we do to make a better food for your dog. Try the one and only alkaline dog food risk-free. Canine Caviar. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Animal Radio. This is the show. If you love your pets and really, uh, if you don't love your pets, there's something wrong with you. How could you not love your pets? This is your show. If you look in your wallet, all those pictures are of your pets. You have nothing of your spouse. I know, are on your phone. And, and I don't know money. <laughs> yeah, I don't have any pictures of my grandkids. They're all my dog. And Lori brings up something in no money because we spend oh, all our right. money on yes. uh, right on our animals. You know who we have on the phone with us is Lynn Jackson. Hi, Lynn. How are you doing? Good afternoon. I'm doing fabulous. How are you all? Very good. Now, where are we calling you today? Where? I am in western North Carolina, so I am on the other side of the Blue Ridge Mountains. Okay. Um, So if you flipped over the Blue Ridge Mountains, you would be in Tennessee. So do you have a big feral cat problem and spaying and neutering problem where you live? We have yes, a major a major feral cat. You hit it right on the nose. Feral cats is huge in um, a lot of dogs that are running wild without collars, um, no leashes, no rabies. You know, not spayed, and neutered. So yeah, it's a huge problem here, especially in the mountains. It's more of a cultural issue here. Oh, so you you think it might be kind of an educational thing? Definitely an educational thing. Um, that's what we're hoping because that's w- what we're working with on the PrEP education piece that we're going to talk about. Okay, so what does um, PrEP stand for? PrEP stands for Pet Responsibility Education Program. Okay. And who are you and targeting with this program? We're targeting uh, fourth grade students in the elementary public schools at this point right now. Good. So, you know, we were I was working on trying to educate some of the adults, and, you know, some of us, we have our formed opinions so and we don't change them. So We're I set in our ways. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes, yes, yes. And after I bumped my head a few times, I thought, let's circumvent that and let's get to the kids who are in their formidable years. So fourth grade is nine, nine and ten-year-olds, and they're very receptive to learning and um, carrying out the things that they learn. So it was a little bit of work. Um, we got it into the public school systems this fall, and it has been a huge success. So what are you teaching? Well, it's um, basically it's six 45-minute lessons on how they can be a resp- responsible pet owner. It's how they can help stop the overpopulation uh, of pets in our county. We put down over 3,500 animals last year just in our county. Mm. We teach them how they can make sure that their pet is healthy and safe and how they can be safe and healthy around dogs and cats when they come across them roaming around and who to call. The, how they can make a responsible decision about providing a pet for its entire life, um, and how they can be advocates for animals, how they can speak up for those animals. Do you receive any resistance from these kids who say, my parents don't do it this way, <laughs> we do it this way, or do you see the opposite, where they're turning you know, the idea around for their parents? You know, you see, you, you kind of have to, the kids aren't really vocal at first, um, as you get into this, by the end, they're hugging you and they're in love with you and you're in love with them and they just break your hearts when you have to leave. But you, you get a few that, that definitely speak out and say, oh, my daddy won't let me do that or, you know, or right. he's just a dog or whatever. 
Uh, but you do get the kids that go home and say, you know, I told my mom and dad or I told my grandma and grandpa, we're going to go buy a leash tomorrow. We're going to go get our dog chipped or we're going to go get our dog spayed. So it, it kind of works in both ways. And in my heart, if I reach one kid and I, and I save one dog or one cat, it's all worth it to me. Mm. So, um, yeah, it, it, it works both ways. I see where part of the class is that you have the students write a spooter story. Spooter I, story? Spooter. I like that because, you know, so many people don't understand spay and neuter. They don't understand right. oh, it's the female spooter. that gets spayed, the male that gets neutered. So I like that word spooter. That kind yeah. of covers yeah. it all. It does. It's spooter. The kids love it. It's fun. They relate to it. It's something that they can have fun with. They like the words like, oh, um, multiplication, because the cats multiply it, so we call <laughs> multiplication, because there's a piece that we do with how the animals multiply when they're not spayed or neutered. But, um, yeah, so spooter's a great word for spay and neuter. Hmm. Is there a website where we can learn more about your organization and the, and the, per, or the PrEP program? The PrEP program. That's hard to say. The, Yeah, the PrEP program, Pet Responsibility Education Program. There is a website, More County Prep, and then it'll pop right up for you. We'll put a link over at animalradio.pet. That would be great. Hopefully it'll expand to other schools, other counties. Yes, yes. I mean, this was our first one in the fall. They've already invited us to do a February, March one for another school. The only blockage is I need more volunteers to get it to spread. I'd love to get to every fourth grade class in Burke County. Right now, I've just got two schools out of the six. So, um, but it's a, but it's a beginning, and we've had a lot, a lot of support, and I'm sure it'll grow. It just is going to take a little bit of time. And I and I thank you for for uh, for giving me a chance on the on the radio. I was just wondering. Now, fourth grade to me seems like. Uh, I say we because I, I think this is a great program. Can can we start this even younger, maybe second or third grade, or is there evidence that maybe in the fourth grade is the best place to start? Well, I think the harshness, because you do go over euthanasia, mm. um, you uh. know, and that's going to look too harsh for the young ones to try to explain to them, you know, 3,000 right. animals are killed. So we still have to dance around that a little bit, depending on what your classroom looks like. So I'm not real sure going younger is a good idea on that with that particular piece. But the rest of the pieces, you both certainly could. I think it's great that you're doing this. And thank, I thank you so much for coming on the air today and talking about it. Oh, you're very, very welcome. Anytime, please get in touch. I tell you, you got to reach the kids. You got to get to the kids while they're young. You got to change them because you can't change the adults. So you got to change the next generation. You're right. It's like seatbelts. I always go to the seatbelt argument. You know, how many of our parents didn't grow up? I mean, I think most of us didn't grow up wearing seatbelts. I never and wore a seatbelt. Yeah, it wasn't. And now you just get in and buckle up. But it's because the kids learned and taught us. <laughs> You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Admit it. You love your dog, and he is part of the family. So, when choosing your next vacation, don't forget Fido. With just a little planning, the entire family can enjoy a road trip. To find the best vacation spot for Spot, subscribe to Fido Friendly, the travel and lifestyle magazine for you and your dog, where each issue includes hotel and destination reviews, where both you and Fido are welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and find out what all the barking's about. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. 
toll-free 1-866-405-8405 to reach out. Toll-free. That was a little... That, that costs nothing. <laughs> and nobody says that anymore anyway, you know? As we begin the 18th year doing the show, I realize that's kind of out, uh, out of date, is, huh? really, because really, who pays for long distance anymore? We nobody all... pays that toll anymore. Yeah. But it doesn't cost you a penny if you still are paying any of those tolls to call us and ask questions about your animals, your dogs, your cats, or whether or not... You can bring your animals on airlines. Just got, I just got off the phone right now with somebody who wanted, I guess they were booking on Delta Airlines, and they're, they're coming down hard on fake service animals now. But as they need to. Yay. This is it, it annoys me so much. I mean, I have to tell you, you know, so many people come to my office and say, "Oh, you know, he's going to re- be raised a service dog," you know, and you know, it's wonderful when it's justified and it's real, but other times it's just, you know. It just makes me sad for those people that really need it. I'm one. so glad you brought that up, Dr. Debbie, because I, I saw that story, too, on the Delta story that, you know, the too many, you, what are they, like, cracking down on them now, and they have to hand in their documents. Yeah, uh, but uh, what documents, really? Are they documents yeah. from the veterinarian? What, where from are these documents? Because there's no registration or certification or accreditation for uh, service animals. No, they, if I'm correct, they want a um, letter from your medical care provider, but they don't oh. define, you know, like who that is. Is it a, you know, uh, your chiropractor, your physical assistant, or, you know, uh, physician's assistant? Is it a, you know, it, psychologist? So it's kind of out there. Mm, okay. Well, you know, you can always spot these animals. You know, they, they, <laughs> they say they're, they're service animals, but they're, they're uh, too interested in other animals and people and distracted, and they're, they're, sometimes they're well, aggressive. Well, Delta said that their dog behavior incidents had gone up 84% Holy in moly. just one year. Wow. Yeah, there had been uh, bites. There had been dogs um, uh, pooping and peeing on the carpet. There had, you know, throwing mm. up as well. All kinds of different things that you just... You know, you don't normally see what guide dogs or true service animals have. What they're they can be dogs, miniature horses, and I think there's one other one, isn't there? Uh, pigs, turkeys. Uh, no, 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 no. There's no. been all kinds. Well, you know what? I always encourage you if you're going to fly and you're taking your animal, definitely take them on board in the cabin and not below. But yeah. pay for it. You can get them in there. It's not that you can't get them in there. You just have to pay for it like mm-hmm. everybody else does. And that can range from $1 to $200. It could be just uh, like the same price as your plane ticket even. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, putting them underneath, I hear too many stories about uh, temperature problems, climate problems. Well, you just don't have control of you know your destination, you know where you're dry- we're flying, and you know you're not flying the ship. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, we're going to head to the phones. What do you have coming up this hour, Lori? Uh, we're going to talk about um, this story that is, has been on social media a lot lately. Again, Uh-oh. I thought we had gotten rid of it with uh, the truth about it. But we're going to tell you the truth once again about uh, this social media post that people keep saying will kill your dog, this one product. And it's not true. Oh, and this is a product I even use. And I, I totally freaked ah, out when I saw this online. But I bet you did. We'll see. Yeah. It might be fake news. And we'll, we'll see if it is. Fake news report. Thank you, Hal Trump. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Rhoda. How are you doing? Oh, okay. How are you? Good. Where are you today? Uh, well, I live in Santa Maria, California. San Leo? Santa Maria. Oh, Santa Maria. Santa oh. Maria, like oh. the ship, you know? Oh. I, I know it well. Yeah. It's just south of me. <laughs> but so. we don't live in a ship, but anyway. <laughs> but it would be nice if you did, occasionally, yeah. except when, you know, rough seas. Well, it'd be cool because you've traveled the world and you'd always have your home there. So, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. there'd be ha- benefits. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So yeah. what's going on with your animals? Well, um, 
bottom line, we had two cats, uh, one Smooth and one Jazz. John named them both. Uh, <laughs> and it doesn't yeah. sound like you're happy about that. Oh, no, it's just they're real cutesy. <laughs> anyway, no, they're fine. Okay. At the end of uh, July, uh, Jazz died. Oh, he sorry. was uh, three years younger than Smooth, so we didn't expect it. Uh, but then, since I did have a cat, because jazz, certain animals seem to favor certain people, so Smooth seems to warm up to John, and Jazz seemed to warm up to me. Hmm. So when my cat died, Jazz, uh, we only had one cat, which seems to be more inclined to sit in John's, my husband's lap. Well, I didn't have a lap cat anymore, and I missed it. So... We went over to the the shelter, I did, and chose uh, Squeaker. And uh, he's three years old. Uh, but the problem is, to get to the bottom line, is they call it love bites. Uh, when I pet Squeaker a lot, he'll bite uh-huh. me. And okay. how do I stop it? Stop petting him. Stop <laughs> so, I'm yeah. giving you really kind of just short answers here. But yeah, so cats, uh, every cat has a little different level of how much contact and stimulation they can tolerate before they hit that point of love bite. And he you know, assuming right away, he'll get in my lap and he'll bite me right before I even petted him. And oh, he initiated, he got in my lap, he wants me to pet him. And then he goes down low, like when I have bare legs and he nips mm-hmm. at me and then he wants yeah. more petting. Yeah, and it, it basically, if you think of it as a, it's a progression of just like normal petting. So normal petting is kind of just the, you know, way we show affection to a cat, but that can be too much where then the kitty will then turn to the love bite. Usually what I'll say is whatever's happening right before the love bite is what we need to address. So if it's him jumping on your lap, that may not be permitted. So it may need to be that, hey, I'll play with you, but I'll play with you in a contact way where I'm not, you're not sitting on my lap. When a cat nips and bites, the, the thing you don't want to do is you don't want to yell at them. You can't discipline uh-huh. a cat for a love bite. Uh-huh. The other thing is that you don't want to, you try not, it's hard not to do this, but you want to try to not yank your hand away because that further kind of makes the game. So, it, you know, cats, you know, they're all about chasing. So if you pull your hand away and go, ow, you know, you've just made it a game and now they're going to come even more so with interest <laughs> at your hand. Uh-huh. So it's hard when you're getting nibbled um, to, to not do that, but just kind of keep that in mind as well. Okay, the other problem is he insists on jumping on the kitchen counter when I'm preparing food, and I'm afraid one time he'll jump and the food will go everywhere. Yeah, not only that, but I've had cats get burns um, if they land on yeah. like hot surfaces. So, yeah. Uh-huh. So um, there's different strategies um, to keep a cat off of countertops or tables. Um, I believe we just talked about last week about one thing called a scat mat, which is a, a little static mat that, you know, you can't put it on your cook- cooking surface, but you can put it on other surfaces that aren't being utilized. And it gives a, um, a staticky kind of charge when they put their paws up there. So it kind of teaches them, hey, I don't really think this is a great place to go. Um, yeah. And then other things um, would be, you know, there's other types of deterrents. You can have uh, little cans of canned air um, that you can oh, well, compress you air. Oh, do. John tried that, yeah. Mm-hmm. You can do that or even, you know, squirt guns as well uh, where you're just kind of squirting water um, just mm-hmm. to you know, get them we out of the air. We have all area. hardwood floors. That's why I didn't want to do that one. But the air one's yeah. good. And yeah. it doesn't hurt if we accidentally get it too close. I'm afraid about the eyes, about air pressure, get it close. Well, 
Yeah, yeah, you shouldn't be squirting it at the at the head. Um, but you know, I, uh-huh. I did that technique with my my little kitty that I had with me for a couple of months, and you know, uh-huh. she looked at that back door and just like, I want to go out there. So you know, we basically just my husband sat outside with a little air compressed air and waited for her to take one step towards the threshold. And it took maybe three times of having just the sound. You know, she never heard her, never touched her, and she just had that. You know, okay, I'm not going to go out there. You know, bad things happen out there. I'm just going to stay where I'm at. So um, uh-huh. it can definitely work. So you just have to properly time it so that's the that's the trick so. Uh-huh. so when he's on in the kitchen counter could we try canned air yes as long as you're not um there's, there's certain situations yeah that and we don't want the cat to already be up there and walking around because then you're just oh. harassing the cat so you know once he's getting up there is when you want to properly time that yeah so, well yeah. we try properly not and my husband <laughs> has to come over and sit down that's the only way he goes down uh-huh. Well, and then it becomes a game. You know, then it's, oh, I got them to stop uh-huh. doing whatever they were doing, and now they're paying attention to me. So also think of it uh-huh. as a toddler, that it's a way of getting attention, so um, you don't always want to give in to that in that crying baby way. <laughs> so you sound like you you may very well want to think about getting another young cat that's kind of close to this kitty's age. I think it would help a lot of your um, young cat issues. Now, whether or not the older cat liked it, you know, that would be another whole thing to think about. The only but. problem is we live in a residence where you're only allowed to have two animals in the house. Oh, I see. Oh. I see. Oh. Well, you've got your workout up for you there, Rhoda. But uh, try oh. some of those things and let us know how it turns out for you. Thank you very much. Some of your uh, suggestions will be very helpful. Thank you. Keep us posted, Rhoda, and thanks for listening to Animal Radio in Santa Maria on K, uh, KSMX, I believe. Toll free, one 405 8405 to reach out to the Dream Team right now. Hi, it's Alan Cable. Let's talk about dog behavior. Dogs need attention. They need your attention. It doesn't matter if it's positive attention or negative attention. If you're giving your dog attention, he thinks you're rewarding him. The best way to teach your dog how to behave is to only give him affection and attention when he's doing the right thing, the thing that he should be doing. Ignoring your dog and taking attention away from him is powerful. Turning and walking away. Turning your back on him. Totally ignoring him. Let's say you bring your dog in from the street and you want to clean his paws with a towel. You get him to go down, and when you start to clean his paws, he starts moving around and fidgeting, and you start getting frustrated. So you start talking to him. Lay still. Well, the more frustrated you get, the more you try to get him to lay there and let you clean his paws, the more he's going to get excited and jump around. So what's the answer? As soon as he starts to get excited, you just stand up quickly and stare off into space. Or walk away into the house and leave him there for a couple minutes. You might have to do it over and over again, but eventually he's going to get the message that if he acts that way, you're not going to pay any attention to him. You're not going to touch him. He'll start to realize that the bad behavior's not working anymore. And when your dog gets the idea that you want him to lay still, or you want him to just lie down when people come over and ring the doorbell, he's going to do it because your dog wants to please you, and he wants to be with you. It's important to understand that dogs are very sensitive to you, your body language, what you're doing, where you're looking, how you're carrying yourself. People get into trouble because they want their dogs to be there for them when they want them there. Then they want their dogs to do a disappearing act when they don't want them there, when they're not in the mood. They want to be able to flick the dog on like a light switch. Once you understand how dogs think, how they communicate what their body language means, you can teach them just about anything. How to go to the bathroom outside, how to heal, sit, stay, how to behave when people come over to the house. The key to it all is patience, calm leadership, and total consistency so that your dog's able to learn the rules. Because dogs need rules. Doing that will make your dog calm and fun to be around. And don't forget, they need plenty of exercise. Get more tips at AnimalRadio.com.
This is Glenn Close on Animal Radio, urging you to spay or neuter your pet. Those big, scary storms can be terrifying for your pet, and we know that when they're stressed, so are you. Take good care of your buddy with VetraScience Composure. VetraScience Composure helps ease anxiety for pets caused by storms, travel, and owner separation. It won't sedate them, and your pets will love the taste. Also, try our Glycoflex for hip and joint health, as well as multivitamins and probiotics. Find VetraScience supplements at your local pet store, Petco, or your vet. Learn more at VetraScience.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. It's Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets. The number toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. And uh, last hour, we learned that uh, soon the animals will be talking to us. Scary stuff. Where do you get these stories? Do you, do you validate these stories? I you, do. You vet these stories? Of course. Okay. This story actually stems from a story that Amazon did uh, late last year because they're looking for trends. And it turned up a bunch of different projects that are going on in research and experts who are actually working in the field of artificial intelligence and trying to make animals talk, you know, in effect. If you missed the news story, it's so easy to hear it again. Just head on over to animalradio.pet or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. What do you have for this hour? Coming up, I have a great list for you. It's got two lists, actually, in one. The number one reason for vet visits what makes you take your pet to the vet and the top 10 items that pets eat that they shouldn't that makes you take them to the vet <laughs> ah okay that's on the i'm way. sure you have your own stories dr debbie yes i have my favorites but i'd have to say uh, eating things is definitely by far one of the most common reasons people bring their animals to the vet <laughs> and we're going to find out exactly what is it that they're eating in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. You know who's also going to be on the show in just a couple of minutes? Vlade, the world-famous Russian dog wizard. And that, that name may sound familiar to you. If you're a longtime listener, you know you know about Vlade. If you're a brand-new listener, he's coming up in just a couple of minutes, and you'll want to stick around for that. Uh, but first, let's head to the phones for your calls. Toll-free, 405 this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by VetraScience. Give your pets the extra support they need. From Glycoflex joint support to composure for pet stress, VetraScience has the supplement for all of your pet's needs. And thanks, VetraScience, for underwriting Animal Radio. Welcome to the show, John. Hello. Hey. How are you? Good. I have Dr. Debbie right here. What's going on with your animal? Oh, I have a, a female uh, border collie. And I also have one of her sons, because uh, they're cow dogs, and we work cows with them. Anyway, um, we were gone for a few days and didn't realize that she had come in heat. And um, sure enough, um, the day we got home, we noticed that um, her son had bred her, or bred her that day. Oh, okay. So we're wondering Oops. what we could do about that, if there's a morning-after pill or something for a, for a dog or... Yeah, well, you know, the best thing that I could suggest is to have this baby spayed. Okay. Um, that's the honest truth here. Um, you know, she's at an age already at six where, um, you know, if she's not spayed, we do have to be watchful for some other health problems that are coming on. Um, pyometra, which is a uterine infection. 
has all the different cancers in the reproductive tract. So um, I don't see a reason um, that I would endorse allowing a pregnancy to go forward at this point. But in response to your question, um, could um, is there a, a mismating uh, pill you can give? Um, there's really not a pill that we give to dogs to terminate pregnancy. Um, it's kind of, for me, I have to say, it's something I, I, I don't do a lot of reproductive work because I don't uh, particularly enjoy it. I think we have enough doggies on this earth that we don't need to really be reproducing them for them. But there are some different mismating techniques that can be done. Generally, in the U.S., um, they're limited to treatment 30 days after they've already become pregnant. So you've already got a pretty full, almost full-term pregnancy there. So for me, I find that a little distasteful to have to terminate pregnancies at that point. Um, so those are different types of injection techniques that are done. In, in other countries, they do have some um, injections that can be done early into the pregnancy, just, you know, almost immediately after breeding. But it's really not very widespread in the U.S. Um, you could always check around and see if your area, if you have any kind of reproductive specialist that have this available. Um, right. well, but it's, it's really not, not advised, I'd say, to... Uh, you know, to let this baby go forward. Now, what would the puppies be like? And, you know, what kind of concerns do you have? Um, when we breed two closely related dogs, whether they're brother and sister, father and daughter, you run the risk of uh, concentrating genes. So normally this is done with any breeding uh, operation. They'll take a good dog and a good dog, and they hope to have more good genes. So if we've got any kind of recessive genes, any bad genes in there, you're going to have a more likely expression of those genes. Um, and in collies, there's certainly, a, you know, every breed's got them, but there's certainly some that we'd be worried about that that could concentrate. Collie eye anomaly is one of them. There's a neutrophil problem. There's some neurologic problems, some recessive-type diseases that can occur. So there is some potential, but I'd say in the wide vast number of closely related dogs that breed, we don't always see a bunch of uh, abnormal puppies. Um, but you do definitely run that risk of having some of those certain diseases expressed more likely. So right. I don't know if the, the parents have any kind of health problems or anything that in any no, related... No, uh, health problems. And, uh, you know, we use this dog. She's, she's out of a national champion stock dog, and we, we usually breed her to, um, you know, along those bloodlines not not the same bloodlines but you know to champion stock dogs and then we train train the pups and sell them to ranchers so mm -hmm. it's not like just a normal just a normal dog you know mm, okay all right that's the reason why i don't want to spare because you know we sell the puppies for a lot of money oh gosh you're yeah. breaking my heart here man oh yeah. it's six years has she put her years in is her uterus done uh I, you know th this is my opinion here and i have to say that you know uh it's just a, maybe a time you need to really consider you know um has she done her service for you both on the on the ranch and uh, in the reproduction category here thanks john one 405 to reach out to the dream team right now this portion of animal radio underwritten by vetra science and just like their owners are pets they get older their joints stiffen up and jumping for joy well, it becomes more difficult. Glycoflex hip and joint supplements from Vetra Science help to support joint health in your pet. And we thank Vetra Science for underwriting Animal Radio. 
Those big, scary storms can be terrifying for your pet. And we know that when they're stressed, so are you. Take good care of your buddy with VetraScience Composure. VetraScience Composure helps ease anxiety for pets caused by storms, travel, and owner separation. It won't sedate them, and your pets will love the taste. Also, try our Glycoflex for hip and joint health, as well as multivitamins and probiotics. Find VetraScience supplements at your local pet store, Petco, or your vet. Learn more at VetraScience.com. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. After treating more than 15,000 animal patients last year, so all pets, Dove Lewis Veterinary Emergency and Specialty Animal Hospital in Portland compiled a list of the most common medical issues that pets are taken to the vet for, as well as the most common items that they ingest or eat. So... Not they at the vet clinic, they as in pets. So you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's start with the reasons for vet visits. At number one, vomiting, diarrhea, other intestinal issues. Number two, ingesting things that they shouldn't, you know, socks and chocolate. The third most common reason pets are taken to see the vet is for wounds, cuts, laceration, and the like. At number four, pain and discomfort, followed by urinary tract issues at number five. And then the rest of the top ten includes respiratory issues, broken bones, cancer, allergy reactions, and seizures. Now, the top ten items that pets eat that they shouldn't, that will send them to the vet. The clinic says last year, Pets treated at their facility in Portland ate more than 150 types of food, different objects, and other inappropriate items that caused them to be sick or get injured. Number one on that list, any guesses? And, and we're talking about foods, right? Is it foods or could it be it like could be items? anything? Lingerie, what is lingerie. The number one thing, lingerie. Really? <laughs> lingerie. Judy, do you have a guess? Oh, I'd say food. I mean, do I have to pick a Pacific food? You're something, on the right track. Something with bones. Uh, that's on the list. But number one, what sends uh, pets to the vet the most because they ate something they weren't supposed to? Chocolate. Really? Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah. And then... Um, Was lingerie on the list there anywhere? <laughs> no. And that's kind of kinky. So I'm not... You know, I just kind of glossed over that after I got over my stunnedness. Uh Number two on the list is marijuana, and then uh, medication that they shouldn't have gotten into could be human or pet medication. Mm -hmm. Number four on the list, grapes or raisins, followed by real meat bones, could be beef, chicken, any kind. Um, Six is socks, number six, socks. And then pet toys, rat poison, and other pesticides is eighth on the list. With all things plastic at number nine, things like uh, could be plastic toys, plastic bags, plastic lingerie or whatever. <laughs> and at uh, number 10 is lilies, like uh, Easter lilies, which we'll see a lot of coming up. And, and Easter lilies, uh, any kind of lily, in fact, is, is pretty dangerous to cats. Mm. Well, for some reason, uh, this rumor, fake news, whatever, the chemicals used in Swiffer wet jet cleaner is killing patients or killing pets. Oh, I saw this online, and I'm not even one of those people. Fake news. Can I just say fake Fake, news to quote somebody I hear on the news all the time? Okay. Fake Fake news. news. It's not true. And, you know, it's it's just coming around again. It's an urban myth. It's been around for years. 
And, you know, again, we're just seeing it pop up all over social media. But now, what is the myth again? From, heard it. Yeah, that's what I want. For those that haven't heard um, it, what is it? The writer in this claims uh, that her neighbor's German shepherd died of liver failure. And then after searching for the poison that the dog could have gotten into, the neighbor supposedly notices this tiny label on the wet jet cleaner bottle warning that it may be harmful to small children and animals. And then the story usually, you know, started out as an email years ago. It goes on to say that the neighbor actually called the company to find out what's in the cleaner and that that person is astounded to find out that antifreeze or antifreeze is one of the ingredients. Absolutely not true. Mm. It's something that sounds like People, antifreeze, right? Some name that's Well, close. you know, there's ethylene glycol, there's propylene glycol, uh-huh. and... um Antifreeze is some kind of an ethylene or propylene. I don't know. It it gets mixed up. But so I'm going to keep this simple. Let me just say that none of those chemicals listed on the container for any of the Swiffer cleaners is antifreeze. Okay. And then furthermore, the warning on the bottle is really a pretty standard disclaimer. You know, just keep it out of the reach from children and pets. And the reason that is, is because their biggest concern is if the product might get into the eyes of a, a child or a pet, it will cause eye irritation. But that's it. Okay. Okay. Can I tell you how much I really dislike it when people spread fake news? It's just not. <laughs> now, you know what I mean? I'm like, check the source. Come on, check the source. So we're here, and uh, that's the facts. Finally, uh, that's a really sad time for comedian Chelsea Handler who is mourning the death of her beloved dog, Chunk, Mm. and what a cutie he was. Chelsea posted about Chunk all the time in her announcement about his passing. I read this this morning and loved it and wanted to share it with you. She wrote, I was one of those people who would tell people that pets aren't more than people, but some of them are better than some people. (laughs) Ain't that the truth? I like that. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. Hello, Animal Radians. It's Robert Simro, your Pet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio List. Five pet dental health myths. As many pet owners know by now, Pet Dental Health Month is held in February. But it's truly a daily issue that must be dealt with for the overall health of our pets. From gum disease to the loss of teeth and overall physical and mental health, dental health is one of the more important body systems to focus on daily. It's critical to make sure that your pet's dental is at its best so that they can be at their best and feel their best. First off is the myth that there isn't anything you can do to prevent dental health issues in pets. That's just flat-out false. In fact, there are plenty of things you and your veterinarian can do to prevent dental health issues for your pets. There are things that you can do at home, like brushing your pet's teeth regularly. Be sure to use only pet-safe and specific toothpaste for this. And there are also pet-specific toothbrushes and wipes that can also assist in your proactive pet dental health regimen. Number 2. Pets always have bad breath. Well, this is another whopper that we must cast aside. While they may not have minty fresh breath all the time, they should not have a strong odorous breath, especially for long periods of time. And if they do, that can be a sign of not only poor dental health, but of other internal issues. 
So if you're knocked out every time your pet goes to give you a smooch or a talking to, have your vet check out their dental health to figure out what's really going on. Number three, dry food will clean your pet's teeth and keep them healthier. Well, score one for the marketing departments, another falsity. Dry food can be beneficial to a small extent, but if you're relying on your pet's kibble to keep their teeth clean, you and your pet are going to be disappointed. That doesn't mean wet food is the better answer either, as that kind of food can get trapped into areas between the teeth. But again, let's not rely on our pet's food to keep their chompers their healthiest. Number four, chewing on bones is great for your pet's teeth. This one's not only false, but can be very dangerous for your pets. They can cause lacerations in the mouth, fracture teeth, get stuck in the throat of your beloved pet, and more. Anytime you give your pet a bone, you need to not only supervise them, but check on them and their mouth afterwards. They may love a bone, but they and you may not love the impact it has on their oral health. Number five, and this is one I'd love to believe and have probably snapped at a disapproving onlooker as my dogs gave me smooches, their mouths are cleaner than a human's mouth. Well, in all reality, their mouths are filled with bacteria the same as ours. So they're different, but not necessarily cleaner. Take a proactive approach to your pet's dental health this year and you and your pets will be smiling a long time together. Share your pet dental health stories with us on our Animal Radio Facebook page. Hi, it's Alan Cable. Let's talk about your role in being a superior teacher and a great dog leader. I was working with a guy the other day. He's got a six-month-old black lab. His big problem is that his dog hates the crate, hates to be left alone. He'll go in the crate, but just barks incessantly when the guy leaves. Just about every behavior a dog has can be explained by what the humans are doing. Here's what I came to find out. From the time he'd brought the dog home, he'd spent 24 hours a day with him, taking him to work. Well, that all changed in an instant when he lost his job and he lost his place. He's staying with folks now. He's out looking for another job, doing whatever he has to do. But because of this, he has to leave his dog home in the crate. Now, you know, dogs thrive on structure. And it's not uncommon for them to get anxious and nervous when anything in their lives change. Like you moving or like you being there 24 hours a day and then suddenly disappearing. So the dog's got a double whammy coming at him. Plus, the guy's real stressed. He's lost his job and his place. Now, even though the dog can't comprehend these things, he still feels the stress that this guy's giving off. Now, remember, dogs don't know that you lost your job and that you lost your place to live. They only know that you were there one minute, 24 hours a day, and now you're gone. And now you're both in unfamiliar surroundings. So the point is, when something in your life changes, you got to get your dog ready for it because you can't communicate it to him with words. You've got to take it step by step. You know you're moving. He doesn't. So you should start bringing him around the place you're going to stay. You should also get him used to staying alone by putting him in his crate, latching the door, and maybe taking a 15-minute walk alone and lengthening the time you're away from home little by little so he gets accustomed to not being with you all the time. Just taking a dog and putting him in a crate for 10 hours when he's used to being with you 24-7 is a shock, to say the least. It's the same thing as taking a puppy away from its litter. That dog is going to bark and whine for at least a week or two. Remember, to be a great dog leader and teacher, you've got to be fair and consistent. So when there's a big change coming, take your time and get your dog ready for it. Get more tips at AnimalRadio.com. Hi friends, this is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. After a traumatic experience at the veterinary office, have you ever thought to yourself, there has to be a better way? When your veterinarian is fear-free certified, you'll find your pet's vet visit is safer, more comfortable, and actually enjoyable. Your dog will go from shaking in the lobby to pulling you into the exam room with a wagon tail 
and your cat will be purring inside the carrier. To find a certified Fear Free veterinary near you, go to fearfreepets.com. When it gets cold out there, your vehicle needs some extra attention. O'Reilly Auto Parts is everything you need to keep your vehicle toasty warm. From choosing the right antifreeze for your engine to replacing your windshield wiper blades, O'Reilly will get your car or truck in fighting shape for the cold weather ahead. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts. Better prices. Every day. Hi, this is Jamie Farr, and you're listening to the Animal Radio Network. And remember to spay and neuter your pets. This is Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It is Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets. And uh, we are beginning our 18th year doing this. It's hard to believe. Wow, the time's gone by so fast. But we've had so much fun with you and your animals. And uh, we'd love to hear what's going on with your animals. If you ever have questions, you can call us and speak to the Dream Team. And today, something very special. Vlade, the world-famous Russian dog wizard, is back with us today as a guest and will answer your questions. Toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. Vlade, welcome back. One, two, three. Well, One, two, three. Oh, my gosh, my friends. I'm so happy to be with you. With number one pet show in the world. I strongly believe it. And I'm so glad to join today to the Dream Team. Well, you know, I, I've been trying to think of how long it's been since you uh, have been on the show with us. I would have to say as long as I've had Nikki, because Vlade helped me out with some very important decisions with picking the right dog for me. So it has to be at least five years. It is, Dr. Dabe, Dr. Debbie. And let's we start it from that. You know, in the 95%, when the people make mistakes, they make mistakes of picking the right breed. Could you tell us your story? Oh, well, yeah, my story was I wanted a dog that was a little more protective after having Labradors for about 15 years. And uh, I wanted, all, you know, I did all the searches online and all the quizzes, and I got down to, like, the Beaucheron and the Bouvier, and you just told me straight out, you know, I'm not accustomed to dealing with a dog that has those kind of protective tendencies, and the one breed might be a little too much for me um, and outside of my comfort zone. And you were so right. I picked the right dog. I picked the right breed. I love her, um, but it does take a firm hand and that was the other thing you told me is that you have to be the leader and uh so true so thank you you're most welcome if you're not gonna lead your dog your dog will lead you that's for sure toll free 1-866-405-8405 to talk to vladi the world famous russian dog wizard who's spending a little time with us today uh hi who's this this is diane from tacoma washington well diane how are you doing today what's going on well, I'm kind of excited. Um, I have a friend of mine who wants to give me a six-week-old Chihuahua puppy, and she can't keep it at all. And um, I'm just afraid it's too young, and I kind of want some advice. There you go. Sure, Diane. Thank you so much for calling to the Animal Radio. First of all, my question to you, couldn't you get the real dog? Not the Chihuahua. <laughs> I am, you did not pick. Chihuahua picked you. Yes. <laughs> How old is Chihuahua? He's only six weeks. Oh my gosh. 
Uh, how could that happen? You should never, ever get the pipe at the six weeks. Because at the six weeks, uh, when you take in so early from the mommy, the puppy is not having that experience how to play with other puppies, how obey or disobey mom, how to be dominant over some puppies, how be submissive to another puppies. So what you need to do immediately, Diane, number one, try to find someone who has a, a dogs and who have all vaccinations your neighbors or someone at least expose somehow in the safe environment i know dr Dobby, Debbie, not gonna love what i said but you gotta do it otherwise it's gonna be the problem okay okay and now- okay well i will i'll actually i'll try to get her to hang on to it a little bit longer <laughs> but what is the biggest problem right now? The puppies uh, may be crying nonstop, or peeing no, over. They, no, no they, she needs to move, and she's trying to get rid of the puppies because her house is closing, and she's like, I, I have to get rid of them before, and so, and I, you know, I told her I'd take it, but if it if it really needs that experience with mom, I, maybe I'll. See if I can Maybe, it but you know what you it. can do? Because I'm sure a lot of listeners like you, they've got what they got. They love them. They have to do something. There is a toy on the market right now by name Snuggle Puppy. What the Snuggle Puppy does, it has a real heart and the heart design like a beating, like a like a doggy mama heart beating the waves. It's almost scientist design, kind of the same and giving the puppy comfort. I will always have that little toy in the crate or the playpen, maybe next to your bed. Nothing wrong if your puppy sleeps with you in your bedroom for a while. No one's going to die because of that. And gradually you can move the puppy away. But you know what? If you have any specific questions, I would love to address it. Otherwise, we need to move on. And I'm sure there is a many other people want to talk to me. Okay. Th- thank you so much for calling today. Actually, we're just about out of time here, Vlade. But I understand that you've worked on a TV pilot. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Uh, we designed one TV pilot, so we would love to do something to showcase my talent, speaking in the dog language, which we call doglish. And uh, if someone is hearing me right now in Southern California, please visit my website by name SoCal Dog Training. SoCal Dog Training, if you need someone coming in your home and turn your case into the success case. That was Vladi exclusively for Animal radio thank Thank you guys for having me it was great to hear from you again vlade we got to get on out of here remember if you need your fix anytime during the week head on over to animalradio.pet and uh don't forget to download the animal radio app for iphone android and blackberry and if you haven't checked out dr debbie's books yet yorkshire terriers shih tzus pugs and bitty schnauzers how to be your dog's best friend do it today their kindle books available over at kindle at amazon.com and we have links from animalradio.pet have yourself a great week bye-bye bye until next time bye-bye This is Animal Radio Network.